To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In the native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service. Without all the drama. Welcome to the Barker Podcast Collection. Welcome to the Not Watching Podcast. My name's Rob Howard, and this week I'm joined by... Ian Bruce. And John Marson. Okay, uh, so yeah, time for another Star Wars update. Uh, it's been a few weeks, but lots has happened. And, uh, well, this is this is kind of old news now, really. But um, let's begin with the earlier story, I suppose, in that uh, Ryan Johnson uh, is down to uh, write and direct episode 8 of Star Wars which uh, I thought was a brilliant uh, bit of news, to be honest. Uh, I mean, are you guys fan fans of his work? Um, well, he did Looper, didn't he? I thought Looper had some great ideas, but ended poorly. He also um, directed a few episodes of Breaking Bad. Oh, well, do you know which ones he did? That's all right, then. He did... Um, the one where Skylar was floating in the pool, I think, in oh, okay. the penultimate season or the first half of season five. And he also did Ozymandias, which I think to all extents and oh, purposes yeah. was probably the finale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm really pleased with this. I, I think the guy is uh, definitely a fan of the of, of the Star Wars series. And, um, and I, what's encouraging to me is that you've kind of got J.J. Abrams, who's kind of setting it all up. And uh, and then kind of he'll be handing the baton on to this guy, who I think someone who at the very least um, is is something of an auteur. Um, he's managed to uh, work within the studio system, but also managed to get his own stuff off the ground and and kind of be really uncompromising as far as like his own movies go. Um, and and he's shown that he can walk into an existing property in the case of Breaking Bad, and um, you know be able to kind of really honour that material. So, Do you think that they're doing it all becoming a bit Harry Potter? In the, what? In the director's... the directorness of the movies. They seem to be cherry-picking people, and I guess when they do 10, 11, and 12, which undoubtedly they will, um, mm-hmm. it, ju- it just feels a bit like they're pre-planning too much. I don't know. I think with a with something this size, like new Star Wars films, you've they they've got to plan it to the nth degree. You know, it's got to be uh, it's got to be perfect, and it will be. I'm very sure. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly hope so. Well, I think in a way, though, you've got all these uh, directors that are kind of like of 
of our generation perhaps who um grew up with this stuff and it's kind of been a dream to do it um and i think it's cool that jj isn't hogging it all and uh giving other directors a chance to put their stamp on it i mean yeah definitely who knows i mean you've got lawrence kasdan writing episode seven so i don't know if he'll have any involvement with what happens in eight um when we get onto the plot leaks thing I'm mm-hmm. not sure him writing it is a good thing if that's the actual plot. But we'll come to that later, I guess. Oh, you see, sure. I haven't heard anything about the plot. I haven't oh, read okay. those bits yet. So uh, okay. it'll be quite well, interesting. You can reveal it to me. <laughs> just well, it's not confirmed. Keep it clean. <laughs> it's not confirmed. It's just kind of rumours at the moment. But no, um, what, what wasn't a rumour, though, was um, I was lucky enough to get along and see... Uh, Kevin Smith's Hollywood Babylon show when he was in London recently. And uh, I think he was, he's, well, he's a great talker, this guy. And he also doesn't mind saying the same thing over and over again. And I think he kind of repeated himself at a recent thing he was at in Switzerland a couple of weeks later, which went online. But you can see that. We'll put that in the show notes, uh, a link to that. But anyway, basically, he was uh, lucky enough to go on the actual set while he was in London. Uh, JJ invited him on. Um, I, I wonder what the thought was behind this. I mean, the guy has a massive gob on him, so I can only imagine... It's, it's marketing, this... isn't it? It's just PR. It's just yeah. it's wrangling It's wrangling the internet is what it is. The best way to do yeah, that is getting... get somebody the internet respects and values and get them along so they go, with the naming! And then the internet will go, yeah, oh, it's, on, it be right. it's keeping the geeks happy, isn't it? It's like, you know, your your buddy Kevin, he's going to tell you all about it rather yeah. than some marketing dude. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool to kind of uh, have the news delivered through that prism. Um, and JJ definitely seems like he's playing the game as far as like controlled leaks and stuff. Um, I, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily, but I, I do think that's what it is. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what, uh, Kevin Smith had to say uh, just an excerpt of what he said is I saw uniforms I saw artillery that I haven't seen since I was a kid I saw them shooting an actual sequence in a set that is real I walked across the set there were explosions and it looked like a shot right out of a fucking Star Wars movie <laughs> um, and then uh, he also got a tour of stage M where he saw the full scale Millennium Falcon and stepped inside to walk around so even um, though that's not in the film yeah whatever (laughs) absolutely not yeah Yeah. but no it it seems like um he said they're building like a tactile world um it's not like all green screens and stuff and uh, you know as we're going to go on to sort of mention i I really think it's going to be uh they're definitely kind of i think they've you know just generally in the, the way films are made now i think people are kind of over that whole must do everything in cg sort of thing i mean it I think people are using it as a tool now rather than well, a way of making it, films. It was really only Lucas and Captain Tomorrow, whatever it was, with Jude Law and stuff. There's only been mm. a few films that have done a whole movie with CG like that, haven't they? Haven't they? Has it become a kind of industry standard that's gone a bit blase now? Or I, I don't think it ever really took off. Lucas could do it because he had the money and he had the, he had the technical resources to make it happen. But... I don't know, The Lord of the Rings, maybe? They're still kind of shot in real life somewhere, aren't they? Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and then cloned repeatedly. So. 
<laughs> like for the for the big battles and stuff, it was all oh, okay. uh, the same you're orcs not, cloned and cloned. <laughs> you're not saying it's the same film over and over again, then? No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I was I was ready to believe that. All right. <laughs> yeah, I just think that um, at the point uh, in his life when he made the prequels, uh, Lucas was so kind of obsessed with the tech of it all, and he's always been like kind of more of a producer sort of person anyway. So I just well, sort of yeah. Wow. He's like, we could take this to the next level. Well, <laughs> maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, and the other thing Kevin Smith did was he put up a picture on Instagram of him in tears, basically, uh, which I, which pretty much summed it up. He might have just had a fiery poo or something. We don't know that that's what it was. Or, or chopping we, we up do. some onions on yeah. the Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but talking about, like, real-world locations, uh, it was reported by the BBC, no less, that... Uh, they were apparently doing some filming in the Forest of Dean. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure where that is. Uh, it's, it's, over t- it's over towards Wales. I was out there last year, actually. It's a beautiful place. <coughs> oh, and, right. Uh, yeah, there's a particularly cool part of it. Um, it's, in fact, where Tolkien used to go to, uh, when he was writing Lord of the Rings, apparently he'd go sit out there for inspiration. So it's kind of a bit of a, there's a bit of history to it as far as, like, the geek properties go. But mm. there's, a, there's a place called Puzzlewood, which is... Um, like really, really bizarre. It's sort of all um, bits of earth lifted out of the ground to make kind of uh, pathways through it, if that makes sense. Okay. Like um, not hills, but it, they've got like sheer walls, but it's as if someone's carved all these paths out of it. It's really weird, but it would be brilliant on film. Yeah, well, they mentioned Puzzlewood in the article, so that would probably explain. Yeah, it's, it's going to be shot there. There's no reason why it wouldn't be. <laughs> There's uh, all of the bridges and everything that's there already look like it's made by Ewoks, so it's perfect. Awesome. <laughs> and, to, sorry, well, if we were talking about locations, they've also been filming in County Kerry in Ireland today and yesterday uh, in a place called, and this I'm very sure this isn't how it's pronounced, uh, <laughs> it's written Skellig Michael. But I suppose if you're Irish, I've just said something terrible. Um, <laughs> how dare but, you? My mother was a saint. But this is <clears throat> this is a place that you'll probably recognise when you see the photos, the stories on the BBC of it. Uh, it's this kind of it's it's an old and islandy type place with these really these rocky walls that form part of like a tiered system going up the mountain. <clears throat> yeah, and they're shooting. Apparently, they're shooting uh, the film in IMAX, uh, which doesn't surprise me too much, as no. JJ is familiar with the medium. But not three D. They're not three Ding it though, are they? Are they not? I don't know, are they? Maybe Why would you shoot do... in IMAX and not do any 3D? I don't know. Oh, what? 3D? No, I think they are 3D. Uh, are they? Oh, fuck six. Right. Shooting 70mm. Oh. Just a, uh, most, most just a of better film... picture for the IMAX, no 3D. Yeah, potentially in 3D, they're saying. Um, oh, okay. Oh, it's going to be post-converted, though, which right. sucks. That's all right. Uh, <clears throat> good. 70 millimeters, good news, though. That everything shot in seventy millimeter looks amazing. Oh yeah, um, I, I, that, they did the post conversions, or they did well. They did the Phantom Menace, didn't they? And they didn't do any more of it. No. Um, they also did Clash of the Titans post conversion. That was awesome. <laughs> well, what the three D or the movie? Uh, neither, actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that gave me a massive headache watching that in the cinema. That's really what put me off three uh, D films. Was... Yeah, it was just 
they're on a boat, and suddenly there's a pot swinging right past your head. Yeah. That has nothing to do with the boat. What? <laughs> it's just... Okay, fair enough. Is that the Random. only mo- 3D model you could buy? Okay, thanks. So, yeah, hopefully a uh, trip to Waterloo uh, next December then. Yeah, it's possible. If if you can get the... If you can book it quickly enough, at least now you can book the tickets through the Odeon website. So uh, yeah, you stand a chance. Because before, I think... When Dark Knight Rises come out, I tried to book it, and the there the BFI website was down for like a week. <laughs> it's impossible. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Uh, there's a, a kind of a rumor going around that Carrie Fisher's actual daughter will be playing her in uh, like flashback sequences of the young Leia. Uh, I can see why they do that in a way, but I just hope she's the right but- actress for the part as well. Right, not so just... If they're doing a young Leia, does that mean they're doing a young Skywalker and a young Solo? Uh, not necessarily. There might not be much call cool for it. Um, but yes. plot-wise, how, how would that sit? As we before they met, right? So yeah. a few months before the um, the first Star Wars. Yeah, maybe her on Alderaan, like, years before that. Or something. Oh, yeah. But then it'll be talking about diplomacy and trade federations and all kinds of shit. Oh, <laughs> well, if it's a sequel, it's not going to be set on older end, is it? Oh. <laughs> not so much, no. <clears throat> no. Maybe a tiny little bit of it. Yeah. Cool. Do you think it could work? Do you think she does look like her, her daughter? As daughters <laughs> generally do. Yeah, there's definitely a uh, likeness there. Yeah. <laughs> That's She's an works. aspiring actress and singer. I don't know. I think it should be... We should have proven actresses in this rather than aspiring ones. Just because wow. it's someone's daughter, you know? <laughs> <laughs> or at least, like, you know, up and coming or skilled rather than aspiring would, would be comforting. Yeah, well, her... Uh, what she'd her, been in before she did Star Wars? Nothing. Her, her, IMD, her IMDB page just has a trivia section saying... Daughter of Carrie Fisher and Brian Lord. Yeah. That's okay. it. Th- yeah. This is speculation, isn't it? It hasn't been... All of this is speculation, really. The, oh, massively. But, A lot of it is. Apart from the IMAX thing, and Kevin Smith did go to the set. This episode would be over in five minutes if I was actually reporting real news. <laughs> <laughs> real news is overrated. Yeah. Well, it's fun to speculate and get excited. Yeah, so, definitely. Uh, the next thing is... Oh, yeah. J.J. Uh, Abrams did a kind of a follow-up to his um, his original video for the uh, chance to be in the movie. And, uh, yeah, he shot a little video for this where he was leaning up against, um, as the camera kind of panned out, uh, looked like some kind of X-Wing. Hi, JJ Abrams here from currently sunny London. Uh, eight weeks ago, we announced that we were offering a chance to be in Star Wars Episode Seven as part of Star Wars Force for Change, an initiative benefiting UNICEF and millions of kids around the world. We cannot tell you how grateful we are for your support. People from over 119 countries have already participated, and that's incredible, and we're so grateful. But we're still going. We have one week left. So for this final week, we're offering you and a friend a chance to visit the set of Star Wars Episode Seven and be in the movie. But we're offering something else, a chance to win an advanced screening of Episode Seven before it hits theaters. By supporting Force for Change, you can win a private screening of the movie in your hometown and invite 20 of your closest friends and family. We know how much Star Wars means to so many of you, and we'd love to share the movie with you first while supporting this truly great cause. Oh, sure, go ahead. 
So for your final chance to win, visit omaze.com slash Star Wars. Thanks again for your support. Hope to see you on set this summer. What's that doing here? That. It's a Z95 though, isn't it? It's not. not well, uh, <clears throat> according to the Star Wars Twitter account, um, they replied to a lot of tweets saying, no, it's the Episode 7 X-Wing, which oh, right. looks it looks weird because I don't know what you call it, but the uh, the the engine bit, um, the traditional X-wing had four of those, didn't it? Yeah. Whereas in the movie, but in apparent apparently in Ralph McQuarrie's original sketches, they were just like one sort of cylinder that split in half. Oh, okay. So I think they're going back even further than the right. movies to That's the good. original concepts sketches and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks very much very X-wingy. It looks totally knackered, um, <laughs> which I'm well sure it would be. A number of previous owners. Pre-loved. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, um, that's pretty encouraging. Uh, then in the video as well, you saw, like, uh, a guy dressed up as, uh, like, a r- Red Squadron, um, like a Rebel pilot getting in and stuff, uh, climbing up into the cockpit. And it's, yeah, it's like a real thing um, that they've made. It's cool. further backing up the uh, the theory that it is, yeah, indeed, like a more tactile world that uh, Abrams is creating. That's really good that he's done it that way rather than just green screening it because it, it's what made the original films, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, yeah. They still look, like bits of them still look amazing even today. And it's just because it was done with models and real light and not yeah. computer simulations of light and stuff like that. It's quite... Yeah, it's good Absol- to see that happening again. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, one more thing that is definitely real is uh, Mark <laughs> Hamill's beard. <laughs> uh, he was at the Guardians of the Galaxy premiere, I think it was last week, um, and he got collared by uh, another BBC reporter. Joining me now on the carpet is one of the stars of one of next year's Disney blockbusters, Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill. Now, Mark, you're uh, midway through shooting Star Wars Episode Seven. You've not really spoken about it yet so far. Tell me, what was it like walking out on set to do your first scene as Luke Skywalker for the first time in 32 years or something like that? Well, uh, it's for certainly unexpected. I, I, we had a beginning, a middle, and an end. I never thought we'd come back. I still can't believe it's happening. And to go on to those sets that evoke so many memories is just astonishing. I have real ties to this country. My son was born when we were making Empire Strikes Back. He's got two passports. It just seems like an unexpected gift. Tommy, were you on set when Harrison had his accident? How's he doing? I was not on set. It sounded terrible, but I hear he's doing really well. It'll take more than that to stop Harrison Ford. And great being reunited with him and Carrie, Han and Leia. Fantastic. I mean, again, it's uh, I thought even if they did a third trilogy, we wouldn't be involved. Because it's really about the new generation of characters. Uh, You know, we're just there to uh, lend our support and uh, grow contractually obligated beards. Now, before we finish, we must talk about that new generation of characters. They're going through the same kind of experience that you did way back in the mid-1970s. What have you thought of their performance on set? Have you given them much advice? Oh, these kids. They're not kids, but they're so talented. Uh, 
I was just overwhelmed. Uh, they're all so diverse. Uh, there's people I recognize like Andy Serkis and new people that I'd never seen before like Daisy Ridley. But they're so good that I'm thinking of asking them for advice. They, they, I don't want to give any myself. And briefly, which one of the original trilogy does this most resemble? Does it have the groundbreaking spectacle of A New Hope, or is it the darkness of Empire, or the sheer joy of Return of the Jedi, and you can't say all three? Oh, well, it really has the spirit of that, that whole universe. In other words, the characters are so relatable. I think that's always the most important thing, because no matter what kind of special effects you have, the audience has to identify with each of the characters. And they've done a great job, uh, JJ and Larry Lawrence Kasdan, in writing a script where you immediately understand who these people are and relate to them. And I think that's the most important thing. Last question, I promise. Very special weekend in the United States, Comic-Con. Uh, I know you love it. You've been going for many years on and off fans, not just of your Star Wars work, or the rest of your work. Have you got a message for everyone at Comic-Con this weekend? Will they see you next year? Well, I hope so. I did do a video to, with Matthew Vaughn for Kingsman Secret Service, which I have a small part in. Uh, it's one of the first cons I've missed in years because I've been the Joker since 1992 in animation. I'm a comic book nerd myself, so I miss all you guys, and hopefully I'll be back next year. Mark Hamill, thank you so much for your time. I hope the rest of the Star Wars shoot goes well. Thanks so much. Yeah, he just was talking to him about the film, and Mark Hamill seemed really pleased to be a part of it all again and sort of mentioned that his facial fuzz was uh, contractually obliged <laughs> well you can't be a jedi without having a beard well that's it but it's always he's he looks like the luke that i imagined would be in these films yeah. if they made him you know that's, that's yes that's the thing i was worried about because they have as carrie fisher has said repeatedly they look like they've melted as, older, <laughs> as all of us do, um, and you guys will eventually. Uh, but um, to see him look like he probably would if it was 30 years later, because it is 30 years later and he's got a beard and he looks like an old fellow, that's great. The thing that I was a bit anxious about, not anxious, it's a movie, I don't really care, um, was he said he hadn't filmed any scenes with Harrison Ford. Does that mean he's not going to film any scenes with Harrison Ford? Uh, potentially. Or perhaps it's because Harrison Ford is still off sick. Yes, because oh, yeah. he can't walk through a door properly. <laughs> yeah, so... And there's yeah. still some speculation over whether they're cutting back his role because there was a rumour that, that um, Harris, like the other lot had signed on to play, to come back and play like very sort of cameo-ish roles, yeah. like Hamill and Carrie Fisher. But the rumour was that Harrison Ford, being the actor that he is, would have more of a central role in this movie. Well, he was just in Expendables 3, so he's not that much of an actor, is he? <laughs> no, And he, and he no. was in Indy 4, so there you go, that's two strikes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think of the of the original cast, he's probably the the more... We've seen him the most accomplished. over the last 30 years, definitely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's definitely got the biggest CV. Yeah. But then, you know, yeah, Hamill's still been working, uh, but he's been uh, playing the Joker and stuff like that. Yeah. So, indeed. But yeah, as for other actors and their roles in it, um, there was some news today uh, at Comic-Con, I think this came out, was that um, Gwendolyn Christie, uh, Brienne of Tarth uh, in Game of Thrones, um, her role apparently is what might have been offered to Benedict Cumberbatch. 
and that uh, she had been in doing some like well there was there was rumors that she was going to be playing some kind of imperial officer but then it came out that she's been doing lightsaber training and based so on her she was sith lord basically yeah. yeah well that's what they reckon yeah well that's kind of what the conclusion that some people are coming to and well, it's reasonable enough i suppose that would be yeah. good and then as we slowly uh segue into these plot leaks um the other rumor is that john boyega uh he of attack the block fame and recently 24 for a few episodes um is that his character is going to be like a stormtrooper who's trying to sort who's like a bit conflicted and is trying to sort of you know find another path in life um when he comes across a certain hand <laughs> oh, don't mince around it's <laughs> Jamie yeah. Lannister's isn't it yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah of course it's got a slight, no. slight whiff of sister about it yeah, <laughs> yeah. so yeah uh the room the rumor is that um the, the way this movie's going to start, episode seven, is that it's going to start with uh, the familiar crawl, followed by uh, a star-lit, you know, space background. Starfield, yeah. A starfield. And then you're going to see uh, a hand. I can't remember if it's holding a lightsaber. Is it holding a lightsaber? Is it frozen to the, to its grip, his grip or something? But essentially, it's basically Luke's hand from the end of Empire. Okay. <laughs> And it's gripping a lightsaber and it falls to this desert planet, which may or may not Just, be tattooing. I, I think we need to stop there because I know they're not scientifically accurate in any form, but no, Bespin was a cloud city as in, in the atmosphere. So right. in order for that hand to have been chopped off and got into space, so how did it fall out of that tower on Bespin and then go up through the atmosphere into space to be thrown around the galaxy? Or was it just part of some trash collection? I know uh, it all seems a bit it all seems a bit unfeasible but I mean we're talking about Star Wars, but... yeah exactly we're talking about Star Wars here in which you know stranger things have happened maybe it was Darth um, Vader's hand well yeah maybe that's that's the thing but uh, apparently you know they come into contact with this it's some it's it's kind of uh, held up as some kind of Jedi relic and then uh, <laughs> a, quest, a quest begins to find Luke. It's, uh, it, so is there going to be like sounds, a Jedi temple built around it? Like, yeah, uh, it sounds like, like, like a, it sounds like Jedi Knight plot. It's a bit rubbish. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got to be rubbish, hasn't it? Because, uh, well, I mean, true. I don't know. How would you feel if that was like how it started? Would you think that was lame? I think I'd uh, be in a Star Wars film and it's not going to have Jar Jar Binks in it. So I think I'd be all right for a while. I think I would as well, to be honest. I'd give it I'd the be benefit like, of the doubt, definitely. I don't yeah. think I don't think that would put me off. I'm no. not expecting it to be a, a Paul Haggis movie. It's not going to be the deepest Shakespearean tragedy ever. No, it's a Star Wars movie for Christ's sake. It's going to have robots and stuff and lots of piao piao. It's all right. But that whole that whole sort of conflicted stormtrooper idea that's been talked about on the internet for ages of, as a mm. possible plot for the next movie. So I don't, I mean, that was before the movies were announced that people were talking about that. So I I don't think that's true. I think that's just uh, what everyone's hoping for to see the other side of these uh, guys that get blown away constantly throughout the first three films. Do you think it might be something some of the media has picked up as yeah. Star Wars is coming around again? And they, If they can mention Star Wars in a headline, they'll get 
traffic to their websites. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's quite a cool idea. So, yeah, maybe it will happen, but I'd imagine they it's just nonsense. Yeah, I mean, without getting into a discussion about how the internet works, I mean, if it's it's just one sto- one site has that story and then it perpetuates it, and yeah, like so, yeah, of course, take a lot of this, take at least eighty percent of everything in this episode with a pinch of salt. Um, some of it is just how it is. Some of it's rumor, and most of it is rumor. But Mark Hamill definitely has a very nice Jedi beard. Oh, I like the beard. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a hell of a fetish okay <laughs> <laughs> cool alright then uh, I think that's all we have time for as far as Star Wars news goes and uh, yeah we best end this before uh, we go into complete and utter fantasy <laughs> this has been the Not Watching Podcast in partnership with notlistening.co.uk production by John Marsden thanks John you can contact us on email at notwatchingpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at notwatchingpod. You can find the show notes for this show at www.notlistening.co.uk. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, then please do give us a review. That's all for now. Until next time, see ya!